you enjoy this podcast, you might wish to join my bite-sized eating disorder therapy membership. This is a place to get access to additional podcast content, short videos, and longer educational videos all about eating disorder recovery. You'll gain insights into the psychology of eating disorders and learn skills and strategies to support you on your journey. It's not a substitute for professional therapy, but a fantastic tool to support you along the way. Do check out the link in the show notes, only £5 a month. Hope to see you there. Hello and welcome to the Eating Disorder Therapist podcast. This is a podcast to help you find peace with food and overcome disordered eating. And I'm Harriet Frew, aka the Eating Disorder Therapist. And I'm so excited to share with you all kinds of stories, tips, information and guest interviews to help you on your journey in finding peace with food. So thank you so much for listening today. Now today is a bite-sized episode and another request from a lovely listener asking about how to deal with friends with eating disorders and the inevitable competition that can come up. So I think this is a great question. I think we live in such a comparing society anyway, don't we? But this can be really exacerbated when you are struggling with an eating disorder. So it's so common. People with eating disorders can often feel competitive with one another. And it might be something that you don't really say out loud, but you might have some of these thoughts in your head. So if you are listening and you relate, you are not alone. Eating disorders are very destructive illnesses as well, and you can almost feel that you're never ever sick enough. So however ill you have become, it's very easy to like look sideways and think, well, I'm not as ill as that person, I'm not as thin as that person, my symptoms aren't as severe, and always be judging yourself. So you are never going to be good enough for the eating disorder. There's always more weight to lose and the goalposts often move. So when you think, oh, well, I'll be sick enough or, you know, I'll get to this point and then it will be okay. It isn't, you know, the goalposts move and you have to be even more harsh and destructive towards yourself. And I think another helpful thing to consider is that if you end up in hospital sometimes, although For some people, I think going into hospital can be life-saving and very, very helpful. The downside of going into hospital is that you are around a lot of other people who are struggling. And as human beings, we're so impacted by the people that we spend time with. So sometimes you can go into into hospital and this, this then increases that kind of feeling of competition, of envy, of comparing yourself to others. And sometimes it can make your symptoms worse or aspects of your symptoms worse. And as I've said, I think the competitive comparing phenomenon is also rife in daily life with social media. You know, we don't have to go very far to access a load of information that's going to make ourselves compare and despair. It's at our fingertips, in our phones. It's very, very easy to be triggered. So motivational speaker Jim Rowan, Rowan, I don't know if I'm saying his name correctly, But he famously said that we are the average of the five people we spend the most time with. So when it comes to relationships, we are greatly influenced, whether we like it or not, by those close to us. It affects our thinking, our self-esteem and our decisions. Now, of course, everyone is their own person, but research has shown that we're more affected by our environment than we think. So I think it's just very understandable, isn't it? As human beings, we are social creatures. And if you think about different phases in your life and different people that you've hung out with, I think it does really impact, doesn't it? Our environment impacts us greatly. 
I think as well back to my days at university and particularly in my second year, I was living um, in a house with people that really drunk a lot of alcohol. <laughs> and um, no judgment around this, you know, I think I'm, I fully put my hands up. I quite enjoyed this phase at the time. Um, there was ups and downs of it, but you know, I was an adult taking responsibility for my choices at that time. But when I look back, I noticed that particularly in that second year, because of the people I was living with, I was massively influenced and I started drinking a lot more alcohol than I would normally because it was just very much the norm. And I think that's just a good example really of you know how it impacted. And I can think of other times in my life when I have been surrounded by really good friends. Maybe when I was doing my counseling course, a lot of people on that course became my really, really good friends and we would spend a lot of time together. We would have a lot of deep and meaningful conversations. And those people really influenced me in terms of being able to develop my psychology and insight and better understanding of myself. So that environment was an environment that was very, very positive for me. So think about in your life, you know, even outside of the eating disorder, you know, there are probably times in your life when you can really reflect on how your environment has impacted you. So let's look at some ways that we can deal with competition or friends with eating disorders. So moving on really from what I've just been talking about and um, delving into that point more specifically into eating disorders. So number one is really noticing the people around you who does lift you up, encourage you towards, you know, good mental and physical well-being, who drags you down, saps your energy or triggers feelings of not being good enough. I think what's really important here is to lean into your own feelings, okay? Um, because it's not necessarily the other person's fault that they are triggering you. You know, they might be just kind of getting on, leading their life, having no idea that they are impacting you. But how you feel is how you feel. So it doesn't matter if you think, oh, I shouldn't be triggered by that person because they've got really good intentions. You know, if you are triggered, you are triggered. And it's really just helpful to own that very honestly. Now, I know today myself, I am very protective of my emotional space and I'm very considerate as well about how I use my emotional energy and time and who I let into that space and who I give of my emotional energy. Because as many of you, I'm an empath. I get quite exhausted by being around people and I'm very influenced by other people as well, whether that be sort of uplifting people or people that are more negative. So I am very conscious about who I surround myself with and um, where I expend my emotional energy. And in the past, I was not protective of my time or energy at all. I was a chronic people pleaser. I would endlessly outsource myself to other people's demands, try to please everyone. And it left me in a very resentful and very inauthentic place. I really had no idea who I was because of I was always outsourcing my decisions, my worth, what I should do to other people. So I was like a leaf being blown in the wind with no real sense of identity and who I genuinely was as a person. But I don't feel like that anymore. And one of the things that's helped with that has been being much more protective of my energy and time and thinking about who I let into that emotional space. 
So as I've said as well, if you start reflecting on this and you realize that there's some people around you who are very, very triggering, you know, it might not be their fault that they're triggering you, you know, they just could be living their life. Um, so it is important though, that if you notice that certain people are not good for you, that you take some responsibility yourself to protect yourself. Now, if someone is a good friend or a loved one, you might think, well, I don't wanna cut them out or that's gonna really upset them. Um, you know, I think for some people, you may have to be more extreme and cut them out if they're really not good for you. But I think in most cases, actually, what it just needs is some thoughtful boundary setting and, you know, just maybe managing that contact a bit more, maybe seeing them a bit less. Maybe when you see them, you only talk about certain topics or there are certain topics that are off the agenda because they are quite triggering. And I think if you've got a close relationship with someone who you really care about and, and love, you could even say to them, look, I'm finding this and that a bit triggering at the moment. It's not your fault, but I'm really struggling with this. So I just want to make you aware of that, you know, and just having that kind of openness, because again, that can actually kind of bring you closer and you can sort of think about ways together in terms of how to deal with that and make things a bit easier. So you can communicate that with a lot of love and kindness. And I think in terms of protecting emotional energy and who you surround yourself with, it's important both face-to-face -face and online. So if you're stalking someone's social media account for hours on end every day, and then this is a big trigger for you for competition and feeling envious, you know, just be really aware of that because of you might not even be in contact with them, but if you're absorbing all that content and telling yourself all these stories in your head, it's not gonna be very helpful for you. So you need to be mindful of your face-to-face -face contacts and your online contact. So I'd say with all of this, just be kind, be brave, look after you, do what you need to do to protect yourself whilst you're in recovery. Okay, the next point is to think about what is there really to be envious about? So you might need to journal on this or talk about it to a trusted friend who is out of the ED space or in the ED space, but is very helpful and neutral on this topic. So in the cold light of day, if someone is thinner or sicker than you, what is really going on for you here? So perhaps when you're looking at that person being more ill or sick, perhaps that person's getting more care or attention. Maybe they're getting validation from the world what is it that's really triggering for you? And I think very important here, be curious, kind and compassionate to yourself because it will help shine a light on the reasons that you may be using your eating disorder to cope. It may help shift your perspective and help you start to think about how you might think about the situation in a different way. Because actually in the cold light of day, it's actually very, very tragic, isn't it? And sad if someone needs to become the sickest person to feel worthy and I'm saying this with a lot of compassion because I think this isn't something that anyone really wants to feel and if you're feeling like that you're probably just doing the absolute best that you can right now but I guess it's just taking a step back and realizing you know it's not something really to be envious of it's not a road to good mental health to good relationships to peace joy and contentment and if we allow ourselves to feel our envy and dig deeper into it, we can discover our own inner desires and we can tune into our own unmet needs. So we can often feel envious of someone who has things that we desire, 
that we can't give ourselves permission to have for ourselves. So actually, becoming more sick isn't a way to fulfillment or peace, but what is it that you're really desiring deep down? Possibly to feel good enough, worthy, loved, seen, validated. And there are many ways, I guess, that we can achieve this without having an eating disorder. You know, the eating disorder may be the dysfunctional way of coping and trying to get these needs met, but it's never really going to fulfill you or hit that spot. And just to be very open with you guys, you know, there are some accounts that I will deliberately to this day avoid on social media or have muted as I know that they can be a bit triggering for me and not very helpful for my mental well-being and how I feel. Now, I've done a lot of personal work on all of this. You know, I've done a lot of work on myself. I'm very aware. I'm very tuned in to my triggers and what I'm thinking and feeling. But fundamentally, being compassionate to all of us, we do live in a culture that gives huge validation and acceptance around certain things that can be more superficial. And with the best will in the world, we can be a bit seduced by that sometimes. You know, a social beings that we are as humans we all want validation acceptance to feel loved and the messages in the culture are quite toxic aren't they because of actually it is still a reality that certain body shapes that um looking a certain way having certain material things these are all things that we desire and can make us feel that we're going to be more liked and loved and socially acceptable and worthwhile etc and of course fundamentally those things don't really give us what we are looking for deep down but I think we have to be compassionate towards ourselves and realize that all this stuff is quite seductive and powerful okay and number three Go within yourself and think about your own goals, your own desires, your dreams, your own hopes. Put the blinkers on, the earplugs in to all the noise, distractions and things that can pull you sideways. And appreciate your own qualities separate from the eating disorder. So, what do you love to do? How are you a good friend to others? Are you practical? Are you more a sort of theoretical academic person? Is there something that you're really good at that other people just aren't so good at? Do you have a hobby that you love? And maybe you've lost touch with all of this side of you due to being unwell. And so much about recovery is about going inwards though and beginning to find the little glimmers of self-appreciation and self-love. And this takes time as well. And you know, if you're in a place where you just feel so little of that towards yourself, you've got to start with baby, baby steps. If you can as well, what can help you break out of the comparing mindset is again is to to express gratitude for the things that you do have in your life. You know, just appreciating the little things. You know, I think this morning I had a really nice cup of coffee that I made at home in my favourite mug. I'm looking out the window now and I can see lots of like lovely pink blossom on the tree in the garden. My cat is sitting on the sofa. I'm sitting on the blue velvet chair that I really like and love the colour of. Um, I'm wearing my leopard print fur, which brings me a lot of joy. (laughs) You know, these are just like little things. And it doesn't mean by being grateful that you gloss over negative emotions or just pretend that everything is fine. You can still appreciate the small things that you have 
and that are going well, and you can simultaneously hold space for negative feelings that need to be processed or released. Now for me, I can deeply remember a time where I didn't feel good enough that I would compare myself to others. But for me, going inwards has really been about reigniting and enjoying certain things that I used to really enjoy as a child, but I'd really sort of let go of when I became so conditioned by the world, particularly as a teenager and in my 20s. So for me, coming back to my love of adventure and nature has been hugely empowering and enjoyable because I love it that, you know, I grew up on a farm. I am quite physical and I just quite enjoy things like climbing up a tree or something. I know it sounds a bit crazy, doesn't it? But, you know, just coming back to some of those little things that bring me joy and pleasure and getting sort of a sense of satisfaction and purpose out of pursuing those things has given me um, a lot of self-worth and feeling more good enough. Also, with my counselling work, you know, I am, if I was comparing myself all the time, I could look sideways and think, well, so many counsellors now are much younger than me and much more kind of on the pulse of like, um, you know, up and coming issues or other counsellors have more qualifications than me and um, are much more academic. You know, if I started looking sideways and comparing, I'm always going to find the evidence. Whereas actually, if I go within, I can recognise, you know, I have the ability to support people, to really feel accepted and seen, and to really offer an unconditional space for change. And um, I know that I can do that, and I'm good at that. And um, that is something that I really bring, you know. And there are other people that probably bring other things, you know, perhaps a lot more kind of factual stuff and research and science. (laughs) Um, But I know that I can really hold the relationship and provide a safe container for people. And, um, and, you know, I can really lean into that and be pleased and grateful that I can do that. So be kind to yourself in all of this. Feeling competitive or insecure in relation to others is a sign of low self-esteem and inner wounding, feelings of unworthiness. And it's probably rooted in something deeper. Your envy, jealousy or feelings of competition are simply a sign that there is inner work to do And this then opens up the possibility to explore this, explore this and to understand yourself better. So be kind to yourself. Don't berate yourself for feeling envious or competitive, but be brave and be prepared to maybe like journal on it, peel back the layers, start to understand what this is really about. Because it's just a sign of an unmet need, something that you are not allowing yourself. And pursuing thinness or being sicker isn't really going to scratch that itch of feeling good enough. There are many other ways that you can feel that deeper sense of self-worth and you have all the resources and things that you need within you, even if you don't feel that you can recognize that yet. Okay, so I hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you're not following me already, seek me out on Instagram at the eating disorder therapist underscore. And for further support with your relationship with food, do go to theeatingdisordertherapist.co.uk. If you enjoy this podcast, I would be so grateful if you'd follow, rate and review as it helps it reach so many more listeners. Thank you so much for listening today and I look forward to sharing another podcast episode with you very soon.